You're dialing in to the All Things Telesales Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lynn. If the phone is your weapon, this is your podcast. We're changing the perception of telesales. We're a tribe of telesales professionals who believe in compassion before commission. We're empowering the call coaching experience by starting with the person and salesperson. When we take care of the person, the calls take care of themselves. All right, I got Cody Laughlin. He's a money talker. I got to uh, spend some time with him one-on-one on his show here recently. You can check that out on the Money Talkers podcast. Not every day I get to sit down with another podcast host, but uh, I got my buddy here with me today, and we like to talk about the phone. We found that out uh, together the last time we sat down. So welcome to the All Things Telesales podcast, my brother. Hey, what's up, Jake? Yeah, I remember when we were talking and we started getting all geeked out on phone sales and it was almost like, hey, you're like we found each other, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I I hear you, man. You you cut your teeth on the phone. So I'm definitely excited, uh, you know, to dive into that. Uh, Before we do, you know, just as a way of getting started, uh, tell the telesales beast a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure, man. Um, it's a it can be a long story, but I'll uh, I'll try to short it down a little bit. But um, yeah, so over the years, man, I've been in uh, I've been in finance and phone sales and businesses for twenty years now. Uh, I've opened up thirteen of them. Um, Ten of them failed pretty bad. Um, you know, I learned a lot along the way. Uh, three of them I've been over to take over seven figures in total, of about two hundred million dollars plus in sales. Um, so I've been. Uh, I've used lead gen, I've used phone sales um, in each one of the successful businesses that I've built, different industries, same tactics, uh, which is really what's you know exciting about it. That, that part of it for me is that it is, um, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, you know, if you can generate leads and you can close people on the phone, you can always make money. Like you're never out of a job. You're never out of a, a skill set. You know, it's a skill set that I think that is very uh you know, unique and very profitable if you're something that you focus on. And so, um, you know, recently, uh, you know, I've gone into more of what we're doing with money talkers and we can talk about that in a little bit, but that'll kind of give you a little bit of a flavor of kind of where I've been and what I've done. Yeah. And, and I love uh, a theme that you have is like uh, you, you tell the parents to take the earbuds out to go <laughs> give it to their kids and then have the conversation between parent to kid about money. I love that. What what made you want to do that? Yeah, so um, as I said, I've been in finance for 20 years, and um, I know the exact moment when I found out that I wanted to do this at some point in my life was I was 19 years old, and uh, um, my dad had just passed away, and I was in a finance class, and I wanted to be a marine biologist, which is kind of crazy, but uh, I was in a finance class because it was a mandatory class for college. And the guy started talking about compound interest. And in compound interest, I remember exactly what he was explaining. He said, if you guys are 19 years, from 18 years old to 22, if you if you worked all summer and put $2,000 away and let it go, you'd have more money than if you worked from 50 to 60 and put $25,000 a year away. And I just remember sitting there going like, what? And and calculating all this stuff, right? And um, and then I, I was like, I was like really excited because I was like, this is amazing. This is amazing knowledge. And then I remember being like, wait a minute, none of the kids from my school are going to learn this stuff, right? You had to be in, in a finance class in college to hear this thing about compound interest. And I started thinking like, why are we not teaching these things? Right. Right. Why, why am I learning about this now? Like I was, right. man, I, I had a pottery class in high school, right? I made coil coasters and I had like, I made uh, you know, like right. cutting boards and, 
and I had English for 12 years, right? I still can't spell. So, <laughs> you know, I'm like, why don't we know about money? And so I remember that really, really bothered me back then. And so over the years, I've had some successes along the way. And uh, now with Money Talkers, my way of kind of giving back is through this podcast. I interview high achievers and I try to take their, uh, their lessons in life because I don't really believe you can be a successful entrepreneur without having some massive failures. Like it just For comes sure. with the territory. We all Absolutely. we all don't want to think of it that way, but we've all got our stories. And I know Jake, when we talked, same thing, right? Like you kind of have to get kicked down to learn how to get tough enough to come all the way back up, right? Right. And so in the podcast, one of the things that um, you know I wanted to focus on was as adults, uh, there's two things that really cause the majority of anxiety talking to kids, and that's one is the birds and the bees talk, right? Uh, and then the other one is talking about money, right? Because most parents, most kids, most people say, you know, my parents never talked to me about money. And that's a shame because we need to open that relationship. Mm. Although later in life, you know, when you have big money questions, you know, should I take this job? Should I buy a house? Should I, how do I, you know, buy a car? Like the things that you need to know how to do, we don't go to our parents a lot of times because they didn't build that relationship in the beginning, right? right? And so, we don't get their whole life experiences, good or bad, about money advice. And so when I talk to people and money talkers, one of the reasons I tell parents, listen, take the headphones off. Go have a money talk with your kid. We try to give them a specific subject, eight to 10 minutes long, that they will now go open that door. Just open the relationship. And you're also getting advice from some amazing people, amazing entrepreneurs, super high achievers, great parents that have built systems and all this fun stuff that I get to uh, pick their brain about. And I, I just don't want people to stay in the learning loop. You know, it's one thing right. to listen and get educated to yourself. But, and people say, you know, knowledge is power. And I completely disagree with that because you only got to be one step ahead of somebody to teach them something. Right. But if you don't teach them anything, if you don't use the knowledge, it's completely pointless. So right. what, you know, it, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I love, um, there's a part where you said, you know, that you have to get tough enough to, to get back up and, and, and to level up. And so, um, I could only, one can only assume, you know, from telesales beast to telesales beast that they were referencing here, you know, getting tough is getting those skill sets, you know, getting that tough skin, that mindset more so than the skill set. I believe it's, uh, it's about 90% mindset is as much as it is, you know, in that execution and, and actually implementing some things that, you know, over time that you got to do, but, you know, kind of, can you talk, talk a little bit towards that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say that of, I mean, I've been in thousands of businesses just from being a commercial banker. I've also owned 13 and I talked to, I have a huge network of thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs, right? And I would say that the number one skill that I see that shows up, the number one trait that I see that shows up in people that are successful is perseverance, mm-hmm. right? And I feel that, um, you know, that you have to be able to get knocked down and especially you want to talk about phone sales, like, you really got to be okay with being told no, right? You got to be okay with rejection. Like you got to, you got to then turn it around. And for me, like I never looked at it as a rejection. I always looked at it as a challenge and that made it fun for me. Right. Right. Like, could I, could I get better on the phones? Could I, could I strategize before I call, you know, if everyone's got the same call sheet and the same script, you know, uh, and we're all, you know, I, I really feel that like the best phone call sales are people, or I used to tell people this, you know, maybe you close three out of a hundred and the, be- the best is seven out of a hundred. Like there's not a lot, there's only two things that go into it, right? There's 
there's the amount of people you talk to and how good you are at talking to them, right? So I would always tell people, listen, um, you know, if I was running a whatever call center, I'm like, listen, I'll let you pick anybody. You give me anybody, and I don't mean even the works in the company. You give me anybody you know, and I'll let you pick your person, and I guarantee that my guy will outsell your guy. And they're like, what? How? You know, I said, your guy is going to be really good. And so what generally happens is you have uh, effort and you have skills, right? Yeah. And generally, when you're not good at sales on the phone, so your skills are real low, you have real high effort. Right. Most people, and they end up with a result, right? And so that, that, and that result kind of will move up. But most people, as their skill set goes up, their effort comes down. They used to make 100, 150 phone calls a day. Now yeah. they're making 35, 40 because they're at the coffee bar talking about yeah. all the smack about how great right. they are, or what they did or whatever, right? But yeah. they're only, their percentage yeah. of what they're going to close doesn't. Yeah, they're too yeah. busy closing. The application process is what takes a long time. Yeah. Know, it's not the prospecting, yeah. it's the, the application process. <laughs> exactly, right? And so you got these guys and like, so it's like, so that the result doesn't multiply, right? Because it's a multiplication factor, right? It's not an addition right. factor. It's like number of calls plus skills. It's number of calls time skills, right? And so yeah. as that skill set comes up, the best way to get that skill set to move up is to be more aggressive and talk to more people, right? Because you start right. to learn, you start to learn patterns if you're paying attention to what people want to talk about and what gets them excited. And so that's why I always said, like, I can take somebody with a zero skill set and, and I'll just have them outwork you. Right. So if it, my guy's making 250 phone calls a day and your guy's making 30, I will always win. I don't care right. if your guy's <laughs> the best phone call salesman in the world. My guy's going to win because he's, he's always going to close some people. And then eventually what's going to happen is his skill set is going to rise so fast because he's talked to so many people. Right. right? And so, um, you know, I, I've had some extremely successful people come through the phone sales side of it. And I really feel that if you ever want to be a salesperson, that the phone is actually the hardest one. And I think it scares most people about it. But um, I always had a, like a tactic with people in the, in the phone room, right. Where I would like to just walk up and just stand next to them right. while they're sitting down on the phone. Right. Cause it's super intimidating. And, and they would be like, well, I can't talk while you're listening to me. And I'm like, you're not ready to, you're not a good salesperson yet then because what you should do is say, Hey, come watch me do this. Yeah. Right. right come yeah. listen to this. Watch what I say yeah. to this guy. Like I'm going to, I'm going to crush this thing. And that whole mindset flip when I would get people to finally say, well, if I walked up and I was standing there, they'd look at me and smile and be on the phone and just be confident and, and selling that whole confidence changed everything. They weren't that much better at selling. They just thought they were. And that came across on the phones and comes across the prospects. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, confidence, clarity and conviction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you don't believe in what you sell, then you should not be selling, period. You're <laughs> well, the reason uh, we have yeah. a bad rep. <laughs> yes, absolutely. If you're trying to sit there and I'm making you nervous because you're trying to remember what to say. Right. You're not speaking from the heart. Yeah. Right. You're not saying the things that you're not really believing in what you're talking about, what you're selling. If I make you nervous because you're trying to think like, oh, like, uh, what, what if I say the wrong thing? Like, dude, you should be so confident in what you're selling or it should be such a benefit to the person on the other side of the phone that you need to sell it to them. Right. It's your duty to make their job, their, their business better, to make their family life situation with a mortgage better. Right. Or uh, the software that you have is going to you know reduce costs or, re or crazy increase the revenues. If it doesn't, stop selling it. Because right. you shouldn't be selling anything, right? You're not really selling anything. You're showing the benefits of what you have for their life, not the other way around. Doesn't benefit if you try to work from the benefit of 
I'm going to need to close 12 people today because I need a fat paycheck. Right. Then you're in the, you're, you're going to burn out. Right. Yeah. It's not sustainable. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to have the energy. It's not, it's not energizing, right? It's force. So you're forcing out products and you're going to wear yourself out when you're selling something that you you're and you're providing benefit to the person on the other side of the phone, that's power. And so that energy comes into you and it's energizing. Like it's fun to be on the phone. Like it's fun to talk to people that are prospects that are like, they need your product. Right. And so you're just like, man, check out what it does for you here. Check out what it does for you here. Oh yeah. I didn't think about this, but I think you guys could really benefit from here. And the customer is like, wow, yeah, man, that's awesome. Right. Or, you know, you're talking to somebody and like they used to do, you know, my original business was in mortgages. Right. And we uh, kind of touched a little bit about that, but like, um, you know, if I was talking to somebody, I'm like, Hey, you know, like, what would you do if on January 1st, every year I gave you $18,000? They were like, well, I, uh, I, what do you mean? I'm like, I was like, I can literally show you how this saves you $1,500 a month. You know, I can consolidate debt. I can bring your interest rates down. I was like, I can fix all those, these monthly payments you have going out to where you're going to save 1500 bucks a month. So basically every year you have an $18,000 bonus. And they're like, right. right. Instead of me just being like, what's your social security number? What, what, tell me what you're going to do here. Like just hammering somebody. Right. And so, uh, you know, but that, that benefit is a time to stop and say, okay, look, I can really improve your life. Now, if we're going to do all this nonsense and it's going to save you 25 bucks a, a month and it's going to cost you, you know, five grand to do it. Like, you're probably not the right person. I need to find a different person. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I love that too. Getting to know and disqualifying is, is so important to do that, you know, as soon as possible. Cause then you're being a good steward of your time and the client's time and you're just maximizing time is, which is one thing we can't get back and it's invaluable. <laughs> and yeah, not that we're trying to just knock them out, you know, just knock them out, but we have to have a qualifying process, you know? And but I like that you said disqualify there. Right. Yeah. So you're finding out that your product isn't for them, then you need to cut bait. Right. Yeah. You need to tell them, listen, you know what? This probably isn't for you. Right. Right. Like, so I think a lot of people think about that when we talk about that, we talk about meet and greet, sell yourself in the company and qualify. A lot of salespeople think, are you qualified to buy my product? No, it's the other way around, man. I'm qualifying you as this is going to work for you. Is this right. a benefit for you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I like to say, you know, um, while my, my product or my service is, is awesome, it's, it's not a good fit for everybody. And then that's a good segue to say, okay, then they'll, they'll appreciate that. And then they'll, you know, so most people want to try to go with the herd and fit with the mode, you know, and they'll want to, they'll want to be a part of that. They, 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 what they hear is, is I may not be a good fit. I want to be a good fit. It's cool. It's kind of like takeaway selling. Yeah. <laughs> so then, then it's a good segue into, all right, now, uh, for me to find out if this is a good fit, I have these questions that I've got to ask you, you know? Yeah, there's a scarcity to it, right? <laughs> yeah. And so the people are like, wait, wait, I want to be part of that, you know? Right. Yeah. There's that mentality that people just want to join into things like, wait, I'm, I qualify for your product. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Right? Like, what do you What do you mean? I'm a good fit? <laughs> yeah. Like, you call, you know, you're just waiting for them to be like, wait, you called me. But instead of that, now, now they're selling you, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, what do you mean? I might not be a good fit, <laughs> but, but, but it's a, it's a good way, you know, to, to segue into transition, you know, the good follow-up question with good follow-up questions and, 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 and telesales to me, it's uh, just being prepared to have those um, power questions or just follow-up questions, you know? Yeah. There was a moment for me in my sales career. Uh, I had a boss uh, named Roy Bailey. Um, he brought me on to be a commercial banker and I was, I, I went into the role. I was the youngest one. Um, I really wasn't supposed to have the job. 
Uh, I was coming out of the mortgage industry. I was kind of toxic. There's a long story of how I got the job uh, that was just straight perseverance, man. Like I was not going to be denied because I really wanted this position because at that point I had just lost four companies. I was in, so I'd back up two seconds, but like uh, at 27 years old, I was a millionaire, right? Mm-hmm. Which was amazing. Uh, the problem was it was all leveraged. And at 28 years old, I was $700,000 in debt, mm-hmm. bankrupt, foreclosure, and IRS tax liens, right? All gone. All four businesses gone. Gone. So uh, I that when I talked about earlier about being, you know, perseverance and toughened up. There's a, you know, I, I at that point in my life I really had uh, no prospects because I was also coming out of the mortgage industry in 2008, uh, 2009, which was uh, just made you uh, completely toxic to anything corporate because nobody wanted anything to do with mortgage people because of the way the economy was collapsing and everything. Long story short, I get this job um, that I'm not supposed to get. Uh, as a commercial banker and he sits me down and he says, you know, uh, in, he's like, just be prepared that within six months, you're probably going to be fired. And I'm like, dude, you can't fire me. Like, you don't know what I went through to get this job. I was like, first of all, second of all, you don't know the situation that I'm in and, uh, what this job's going to do for me. He goes, well, you're the youngest one. You negotiated the highest salary. You're the last one hired. And there's 14 people on the team. And, uh, you're going to, he's like, I, he's like, I've been through this for 25 years, man. They're gonna, there's not going to be 14 people at the end of the year. I can guarantee you. And I was like, well, how do I not get fired? You know, I was like, it's you can't fire. I was like, yeah. yeah, I was like, I was like, okay, you tell me, how do I not get fired? Right. And he was yeah. like, he goes, I'm glad you asked that. And he goes, you have to outwork. He goes, you, this is the words he said to me. He goes, you need to make yourself unfireable. And I was like, well, what does that mean? You know? And he was like, you can't just be middle of the pack. You can't be close to number one. You have to be so far out ahead of everybody else that I can't fire you. I'm not allowed to. And I was like, all right. So I did what, you know, entrepreneur, these guys were all bankers, you know, they were used to kind of waiting for stuff to come into their, into the bank and call upon them and, you know, go to their uh, little networking meeting once a week or whatever and call it a day, you know? And uh, I didn't know anybody. I'd moved to a new town on top of all this stuff. I knew nobody in the whole, oh, whole wow. city. Yeah. No I natural little, market. Yeah. No, not at all. I went there, rented a house, and drove drove a U-Haul over. And that was the first time I've ever been there. And the next day, I started the company. I started working with the company. So I literally knew nobody. And so I just said, okay. He said, outwork everybody, man. And so I did. And so I was making 80 to 100 phone calls a day. I was having you know five to six appointments a day. And uh, they were doing you know, three to four a week, you know? And so, uh, I was, sometimes he'd come up, I, it, he'd come up and he would go on these appointments with me and he'd be like, man, you don't know how to sell. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> right. And he was like, I was like, I am killing everybody on your sales team. He goes, that doesn't mean you know how to sell. You're just a volume guy. And I'm like, he goes, he was like, man, you need to learn how to actually sell. And so, uh, the reason I tell those stories right now is because I heard what you just said about asking qualifying questions. I didn't know that selling was question asking, yeah. being quiet. <laughs> you ask an open-ended question and you be quiet and you let the prospect tell you what's important to them to sell it back to them Absolutely. Right? At, the, at the end when you close. And so I was smashing people because I was just like, look at all the stuff I can do for you. And I was just overwhelming everybody. And so usually the answer I was getting, and hopefully this helps people that are listening to this, is that if you hear people say, let me think about it, you have told them too much, probably. You caused that reaction. You Information didn't, overload. Yeah. yeah. You just you just gave them things to think about that they didn't know that they needed to think about because right. you oversold your product. 
you didn't listen to what was important to them. You didn't ask qualifying questions to let the prospect tell you what they want to be, what would cause them to buy. Yeah. And, and if you answer, I had a big problem about this too, is I would ask a question and I would answer it, you know, and, uh, and I've, I've trained, I don't know, thousands of salespeople at this point in my life. Um, that that is probably one of the worst habits I see salespeople that struggle deal with is that they ask questions and then answer it. Right. You know, what brings you in today? Are you here to see this? Or are you here to see that? Like you, you're telling them the answers, right? right. Instead of just saying like, you know, or, or just asking a question and being quiet, right? Because you need to let that tense space happen and you need to let them have time to process and think about what you're talking about and make the decision to buy. But if you keep talking, then they're not ever going to have that moment. And it gets uncomfortable sometimes. So I, was, I had RV dealerships. And so that's really kind of like the ultimate close at the end. Because these guys are buying a toy between, you know, 15 and a couple hundred thousand dollars. And maybe it's something they wanted their whole life. And they're just retired. And they're trying to figure, now this moment happens, right? And, right. Salesman, won't, and salesman won't shut up. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. you can't let them think, right? Right. So, okay, well, you know, here's your number. And you put the pen right in front of them. And you kind of wait. And, and they go, okay, well, you just need to sign here or, you know, guys, you guys have any more questions? Like you have, you know, just shut up, man. Just stop talking, especially on the phone. It's even, it's even harder to do because you can't even see their face. Yeah. You know? And so you'd say, Hey, listen, you know, uh, are you ready to move forward? Yeah. And just stop and just be quiet and just yep. sit there, you know, and don't say, are you ready to move forward? Or do you have more questions or did, oh, did I forget to tell you about this? Like just stop right then, man, you've got to let that tense moment happen because yep. you're going to close significantly more people by allowing them the time to process and make the decisions to purchase from you. Absolutely. And and on the phone or even in zoom, like you can hit the mute button. <laughs> That's a great idea. If you can't, if you can't, if you can't do it, just hit it until they talk. That's a great, that, that's a great strategy. I wish I had that in person. Right. <laughs> so that's what I tell sales reps. I'm like, just hit the mute button if you're, cause you know, you got, you're absolutely right. You gotta, you gotta be listening more than you're speaking, especially in phone sales or software sales. Like we're, we're on the zoom right now, a couple of times, like while you're talking, I don't want to interrupt you cause you're, you're in the moment. I, just hit the mute button. You know? That's a great tool. I never, <laughs> I never had that one before. That thing is fantastic because I wish I could just do that to other people while I'm listening to them. Like, okay, time to stop. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it gives you a couple of seconds of, uh, you know, that that silence that needs to happen. You yes. Know? Yeah. And, and then that way, yeah, absolutely. Like the, like the old saying goes, you know, silence is golden. <laughs> it, it really, um, you know, when I learned to do that. And so he used to tell me that all the time. You don't know how to sell. You don't know how to sell. You don't know how to sell. And finally he gave me this book called question Ask selling. And, uh, nice. and I was like, man, I, I was like, I don't read books, dude. And I was like, uh, he was like, why? He goes, you think you're a good salesman? I go, I'm the best one you got. He was <laughs> like, well, you're not a good salesman. You know And I'm like? And he used to tell me that all the time. It would drive me nuts. So I love a good challenge. Right. It's not right. like the, the only, the best way to get me to do something is tell me I can't do it. Right. So right. he said, uh, he said, why don't you read books? And I said, cause they're like 90% the same stuff over and over again. I was like, it's a waste of time. He goes, so if you got, I don't know what, 2% better, uh, by reading a book, I was like, yeah, you can do that. And he goes, okay. Well, if you read, you know, five books a year, you'd be 10% better and 10 years from now, you'd be a hundred percent better than you are right now. I was like, okay, I'll read a book. <laughs> so <laughs> I read his book and the next time he came up, uh, we sat down. And uh, first business owner I met, 
sat down. I said, sir, tell me about your business. And I just sat there and he started dumping all the stuff to me. And I said, you know, what's the biggest thing that concerns you about your bank now? And I just sat there and he was telling me, and I said something like, you know, what would be the biggest decision to help you move over to something like what we could do for you? And we sat there and it must've been about 30, 40 seconds of silence. And Roy starts talking, right? Well, you know, we could, and I said, Roy, shut up. And he, he looks at me because I just introduced him as like the president, you know, like the whole regional president of the business banking commercials. <laughs> and Roy turns around and looks at me, his eyes are huge. I look at the client, the client's looking at me like, what are you doing, man? Student teaching the teacher. Oh, yeah. And I said, I said, Roy, I said, you know, you got to be quiet if you want to be a good salesman. And he just <laughs> smiled at me and I said, sir, it's just an inside joke, man. And so we started laughing about it. But I remember that moment because. I literally changed my entire approach to sales and I skyrocketed. I became the number one banker on the West coast. I got a bunch of attention for it. And, uh, and I mean, I was out producing uh, loan applications like 10 to one, you know, on people. And it was just because of that one flip, I was already a, had the ability to kind of connect and get through gatekeepers because that's what I was good at on the phones. Yeah. Um, especially if you're in B2B sales, you got to realize that the person that answers the phone is the most important person in the company to you. Yeah. Never cheat the gatekeeper. Yeah. Yeah. No, learn their name, throw it in the CRM, ask them how they are. And literally by the second or third time you call, ask for them. You want a real, you want a real pro tip? It asks for Linda when she answers the phone, you know, so-and-so company. Hey, is Linda there? Uh, Oh, I'm, I'm Linda. Nobody asked for Linda ever. Yeah. yeah. She's the one that answers the phone. Linda, how are you doing, man? This is Cody. I talked to you two weeks ago. You said you were going to try and help me out with being a good chance to talk to Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so, you know, and say, you know, is there a good time that they like have downtime during the week? Like you just make a friend with the phone operator and literally you'll get you'll, your, your results will skyrocket in B2B sales. If you're trying oh, to yeah, pass that gatekeeper, sure. you learn their name and about the person who's answering the phone because nobody ever asked for them. Right. Yeah. They get more uh, with honey, you know? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But it's like, you know, you're trying to, everybody tries to blow past that person and they don't realize that's the real gatekeeper. It's not the business owner at that point, you know, because you're right. trying to get to them. And so, uh, that, that was one of the big, the big tricks that I used in my repertoire when I was banking. So, yeah. Yeah. What, what a great, uh, what a great story that you shared with us. It's like, because you were up for a challenge, you know, in the process, like you, you had to really drop the pride and ego and humble yourself to this guy's teaching, which later and later in the process, you ended up being the student teaching the teacher. (laughs) (laughs) He he was laughing. So, I mean, I still, uh, I still keep in contact with Roy. He was one of the best mentors I've ever had. And, uh, but yeah, that was, that was a moment where it just, uh, it came full circle back on him, but I really realized the power of actually asking a question and not selling you know, let the customer, let the, let the prospect, whoever it is, talk and let them tell you what's important to them and only talk about those things that are important to them. Right. You start throwing all the side benefits and things to think about the problems that you could solve that they don't really know that they have. And you're overwhelming with that stuff. You will get, uh, you know, you'll get, uh, let me think about it because now they have things to think about. You know, you're not solving the one problem. You're trying to be all things to all, uh, you know, all people. And it's, it's not, where their pain point is that what you can, what you can alleviate, what you can help with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's time for benefits. There's time for, (laughs) there's time for bells and whistles. It's not on the sales call. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You got this really awesome quote behind you for those who are just listening to the audio podcast. Um, You know, 
tell me, tell me a little bit about this quote. I love it. And why is that quote uh, hanging up right behind you? Uh, it's super important to me, man. Um, it says either I will find a way or I will create a way, but I will not create an excuse. And so I don't believe and I can't. Uh, those two words are, um, you know, a big pet peeve of mine. Uh, you know, and I've got two little kids and we talk about that stuff a lot. And so I believe if anybody can do something that you could do it too. You may need more, um, you may need more time. You may need more reps. You may need more, uh, you know, you may not have God given ability to do the, whatever the things that you want to get done, but you can do it. You just have to, once you determine what can be done. So it's, how do I, right? I always say, I can't, it's a, how do I, yeah. And I try to flip my mindset that way because I catch myself still doing it too. Everybody does it, right? I can't do that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. How do I do that? Right? Like, so it may take me a year of practicing something to be able to do something you could do in a couple of days or do regularly now, right? But I can't do it. I just have to determine if that's, if I want to do that, then if I'm willing to do whatever it's going to take to do it, right? And that's sign of the, what that is. Like, I don't want an excuse, you know, because an excuse lets you off the hook. If yeah. you say, well, this happened and that happened, or I was, I, I really wanted to try to do that, whatever the, I don't know, it's kind of hard to think of an exact example, but it's like, if you are giving yourself the the thing that like, I can't do that, that's an immediate just release of responsibility to you. Right. Right. And so if you say, I can't do that, you're off the hook for having to think about how you could do it. You know, you don't have to work at it for a year. You don't have to, you know, oh, I really wish I could do xyz i really wish i could start a company i start a business but i can't you know right. if i say i can't i don't have to explore anything i'm done like it just cuts the time off right, right. and so that's your excuse if you use excuses throughout your life like it's it's a it's a humongous internal roadblock and a false belief inside of you that doesn't allow you to be successful and the people that you know complain about well i i can't uh i can't get ahead yeah you can you know and people say oh well you know, I can't be successful. Dude, you've been seven hundred thousand dollars in the hole. Right. You've been bank you've been you've been, <laughs> you you had IRS uh letters with ninety-eight thousand dollars with IRS letters sitting in your mailbox, because I have, right? Have you have right. you been in foreclosure and had credit and, and had to negotiate credit cards and everything else? Because I have. And so I was able to come back and I did I retired in less than ten years. Right. Boom. Right. From that hole. Right. From that hole, man. From that yeah. hole ten years later, because you know what I did? I said, man. I am not good at business. And I humbled myself at 27. I thought I was the best business person you've ever met. Right. I was, everything was a success. And what I learned is that like when things are going well, everybody looks successful. Right. Right. And so, um, what you really need to do is you have to continue to sharpen your saw, right? You have to continue to get better and think about the, the, um, not just like the opportunities, but also your balance sheet personally. So you need to continue to keep getting better and socking away on the, you know, the debt side needs to be gone. Right. I always kind of figured like more debt meant I could earn more money, which meant I just go earn more money and I'll pay for the debt. Right. It was just like, and when the music stopped, it hurt real bad. So then I dove real hard into personal finance. I dove really hard into, you know, I became a commercial banker on purpose. That's why I wanted to be a banker because I really had to look myself in the mirror and go, I know how to make money, but I don't know how to run a business. Right. Right. Um, you know, I was dropping shoe boxes off at the end of the year to the accountant and was like, here, I don't know, tell me what I owe. You know, I didn't keep P and L's or anything. I just looked at the bank account, <laughs> took money out when I wanted and left. Right. You know, like, yeah. so, 
uh, I really had to had to had to have that awakening moment that uh, I really wasn't good at this, and I really wasn't good at my personal finances. And you know, to hear to have to tell yourself that uh, was a humbling moment for me. And so that's one of the reasons with Money Talker is like my my I guess driving force in it is I think about what the kids today could do if they don't have the restrictions that life puts on them the second they come out of school, right? Mm-hmm. They don't, they, they're not armed with any information and they're getting put in about money, about debt, finance, um, real estate, uh, geez, insurance, you know, any of this stuff, right? Mindset, mm-hmm. entrepreneurship. Like we don't talk about entrepreneurship in high school. Exactly. Right. We don't tell people about this stuff. Like we don't tell them it's the fastest path to wealth. Right. And then we don't tell them about like, okay, well now you're going from being the painter making $15 an hour to being the paint, you know, company owner. Well, you stop painting, man. You become a business owner. It is totally different. Right. And so we we don't teach any of these skill sets. So like that there's, you know, in a business plan, you've got sales, you've got marketing, you've got operations, you've got customer service and you've got finance, which is collections and, you know, uh, and the, the ability to read your P&L sheets is a, probably the most important thing you can possibly do is read a P&L and a balance sheet and then look at it for where you have rooms for improvement, right? Yeah. We don't teach any of this stuff. Right. And so with Money Talkers, I think that if, I don't think we, I, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a glacier to move to try to get curriculum to move, right? So trying to get this into a school, like there's just so many people that put up roadblocks and barriers and stuff. You know, we're teaching a curriculum from, 70 years ago when you went and worked for a factory. And now, you know, we're going into uh, complete self-reliance mode, right? There's so many solopreneurs and part piecemeal workers. There's no, you know, you got to pay for your own insurance. You're responsible for your own retirement. Like, and, and it's, you're being put into a world that is a shark infested water, right? Yeah, right? Like student loans. You're asking someone to sign up for $150,000. It's never had a single lick of finance education right right <laughs> oh and by the way we're going to make it so you can't go through bankruptcy so there's you, you will always have to pay this back right right so we have no responsibility as a lender i just going to feed you as much money as i can oh and by the way the loan officer probably gets paid to put as much money in your pocket as possible right so the more money you borrow the more the better their numbers look and oh it's government backed and you can't get out of bankruptcy so i have no responsibility you're always going to pay it back no matter what right we don't teach anything about money not a lick and then we say, okay, here, sign up for the school, right? Oh, by the way, no payments. Don't worry about it, <laughs> right? <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. When you get that great job right out of school that you're going to get, making 100 grand a year, don't worry about it, right? And then the next thing you know, it's like, okay, well, I got my degree, and now I'm making 30 grand a year, and I owe $150,000 in uncapitalized money, right? Right. Uh, so. Yeah, but then we then we build an entitled generation too that feel entitled to get that job because of that degree, and yeah. <laughs> then the real world shows up, <laughs> right? Yeah. Then yeah. here comes uh, here comes real world, and all of a sudden you need a car, which oh, you buy. You now got, you actually you a, have to yeah. work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, welcome, welcome to the welcome to the world of no hand handouts, right? Yeah, that degree doesn't mean that you slack off. You don't work, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, I've I've run past uh, degrees. Um, you know, and I think there's a real great way for education to work for specific, uh, like if you're going for a specific type of uh, career and you need an educational degree to get to that career, fantastic. Most of us are, man, we're communications or, you know, or finance or whatever. Like, 
it, it doesn't. It's it's like anybody else. Like you, you take a chemistry class and then you get out of class, they ask you to come make plastic. You're like, you have no clue. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, uh, I definitely could, uh, I could chop it up with you for a long time, man. We're coming up on our hard stop. Uh, where can people find you? Yeah. Um, well, obviously, you know, you and I are both podcasters. So I have the podcast, I have the Money Talkers podcast with Cody Laughlin, um, which you can find on any, any of the uh, platforms. Um, I also have a Facebook group um, under Money Talkers for parents who want successful children. Um, and then you can also come to the moneytalkers.com. And uh, other than that, seek me out on social. I'm all over the place. Um, you know, uh, be more than happy to reach out. I love trying to teach. I love trying to help. So if I can do that, then uh, then please reach out. And I'll be more than happy to try. Awesome, man. I appreciate your time today. Thank you, Jake, man. I appreciate your listeners. I appreciate you having me on, though. Visit allthingstelesales.com for additional resources that can help you drive more revenue. Did you like today's episode? If so, subscribe so next week's episode will be available for you. And if you really like today's episode, leave a five-star review. It's a good way to get the word out there. And if not, check out another episode. Maybe then you'll be able to rate the show five stars. Anyone you'd like to hear from on the show, send an email to podcast at allthingstelesales.com. I'd love to hear from you. Don't threaten me with a good time. Episode was off the hook.